When this boy meets girl, this boy meets world. When this girl meets boy, meets boy, meets world. Hello, class. Open up your textbooks to Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 2, Episode 13. Chapter titled Cyrano. Yeah, good job. Thank you. Uh, I'm Alden. I'm Tanya. I'm the boy. I'm the girl. And this is our podcast. It is our <laughs> podcast. That's correct. We've done it. Yeah. Where we started a podcast a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And here we sit doing it still. <laughs> um, how are you guys doing? They can't answer us guys? right now. Hey, guys. How was your 4th of July weekend? Everybody out there? Everybody. Yeah, ours was good, too. We'll hang up and listen for your response. Thanks for asking. Yeah, it was our 4th of July weekend. Again, we planned these things out very poorly. Last week, we could have been like, ooh, can't wait for 4th of July, whatever, so that everybody who was listening would know. Whatever, it's fine. Like you said, this is our podcast. Damn right it is. It's fine. Okay. All right. Fine. Uh, yeah, we just had our 4th of July holiday. It was fun. Alden's been home for four days. It's really weird. He had weird. like a little vacation. It yeah. has seemed like eight days. Because I've been home and she hated <laughs> it. I, I love you being home. Good. Then enjoy it more. I have been. Okay, well, let's work through our problems here on this microphone. I mean, we spent a lot of time together. We did. Like we binge four watched, days. We binge watched an entire season of something in... Within 24 hours. It was Stranger Things. It was only eight episodes, but that is still... like Some of the episodes were long. All I think all of them are almost an hour or at least an hour. I think the last one was over an hour. It was. So that's eight hours in a day. In a day and a morning. Yeah. Together, though. We don't usually have that time to do that together on a Thursday. Can you imagine if we had the opportunity to watch Boy Meets World like that? I would love to do that, but we can't. We have to That's, watch it one episode at a time. That this, is where our lives are at this point. <laughs> this week, as soon as the episode was over, the first time we watched it, I definitely was like, can we please watch another one, please? And I turned the TV off. Yep, he did. Because I'm a proper podcast host. Yeah. And, I, and I want the, the effect to be emotional. Yes, That was yes. my director voice. I watched a thing with a director the other day from the 80s, and... It was a creepy dude. Like, I wonder if that's how all directors were in the 80s or if this is new. I, it may have been all people in the 80s just came off as creepy. Maybe. It was an old theater thing. Like, it was a, a, a kid's tryout for for uh, Les Mis mm-hmm. in the 80s. And I watched it because of one of the right. kids who were on it. And But the director of the play was, like, picking the children and just, like, very, like, gathering them all together and I'm going to push them to reach their full potential and see what they're capable of and uh there though and he had like a weird like permed mullet which isn't abnormal for the 80s i guess but it still sucked because he's like directing these kids and he's like dancing what around what does his mullet have to do with the fact that he's directing the kids why does that suck i don't it just looks creepy um <laughs> <laughs> You have just alienated every permed mullet listener that we have. I don't know if we have any. You don't know if we have any. If you're at BMG and BMW. If you have a permed mullet. If you have a permed mullet, I apologize. Which is coming back. Like, absolutely someone could have a permed mullet. Okay, well, this was the 80s and it was different. And this director also, like, picked the kids out and, like, turned to the camera and said, um... These are the kids. You're gonna... This camera will see this before the kids do. So, kids... Uh, welcome to show business. And it was like, there's a well, theater Well, he was like thing. phoning it in for whoever was recording it. It wasn't like um, just some random person was recording it on their phone. This was obviously... You didn't see it. Stop defending this creep. You will watch this and you will agree with me. Yeah, I probably will agree that he seems like a creep. But I also, like, I can't watch movies from the 70s and some from the 80s because there is a general creepiness about any movie from that time period. So to me, it's just there was like this, like, cloud of creepiness over that time. Cloud of creepiness. Yeah. Like, and it has nothing to do. That person could have been like a great philanthropist and like a wonderful person, a humanitarian. And you're like, but his mullet, <laughs> he's a creep. I mean, that's not the only reason. I'm That was part of the whole thing I just said. I said a whole bunch of things. Yeah, but those things You've that really you said, one. those things that you said don't mean 
creep to me. Like, those are normal. Like, that was, like, normal tropey director stuff. Like, all right, guys. Like, are you ready for this? Welcome to show business. Like, what? Class. Uh-huh. She hasn't seen this. I haven't. But she's very argumentative today. We've been together for four days. <laughs> um, so we watched Boy Meets Girl. What? We watched you Boy did Meets it again. It's hard not to. We watched Boy Meets World season two, episode 13. We did. Called? Cyrano. Yes. I forget how to pronounce it. I'm sure that a lot of people do. This was written by Susan Estelle Jansen uh, and directed by David Trainer. He's back. He gave, he gave the reins to Mickey Dolan's for one episode, but he's back. And Mickey Dolan's just, you know kind of did did his thing it was something it was something so was this Tis true i'm speaking like frankie and um harley spoiler alert frankie and harley are in this episode spoiler alert uh so it's classroom or not tanya classroom or not excuse me it's like you forget that i have anything to do with this podcast do you blurb me up (laughs) the blurb for cyrano is Corey's nose enlarges when he sings Roxanne by the police to Amy's new trash compactor. You don't know the plot of Cyrano. I don't. I also don't think that you know the plot of the show we just watched. <laughs> Obviously, I do. Corey doesn't sing Roxanne. Okay, so Cyrano? Uh-huh. De Bergerac. Yes. Is the story. Yes. About a guy whose nose is really, really big. Right. So he doesn't think he can get the girl that he loves. So he helps another guy get the girl that he loves. And he like sits behind bushes and stuff and tells him what. Mm -hmm. Did you literature as a child? Some, but not any bad literature. It's what? (laughs) Actually, so watching the show, I realized that I literatured a lot and I don't even like I don't feel like I'm a very well-read person, but um, I was reading some stuff on Reddit and everything where they they were saying, like, they read Cyrano in seventh grade. I absolutely knew exactly the story and plotline of that book at in seventh grade. So it wasn't weird to me at all. I didn't think it was weird until I started reading that stuff. Okay. But Roxanne is the name of the of the girl. In, in the, the book. book, but not the show we watched. Okay, I think we have to dive in now, cause Roxanne, you don't not turn the red light. What are we diving into? The deep end. Yes. Okay, go. All right. So, classroom or not, Alden? <gasps> I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> this is like breaking new ground. It's. Do you feel you actually do look like one of those cartoon characters that gets like the really big, like, um, teary eyes from happiness, <laughs> like in Steven Universe? It's the classroom. Is it the classroom? Yes. Yay. Yay. Classroom. And what's happening in the classroom all day? Well, Mr. Turner's going through the the plot of Cyrano and uh, literally said all the stuff that you just said, except for the part about Roxanne and the police. Did he say the thing about his nose? Uh, I think he did. If he didn't, somebody in the class referenced it. Okay. Somebody definitely did, because I remember them talking about Corey putting his big nose in people's business, because mm. he's look, he's like the dude from the book. Okay. So, yeah, uh, Mr. Turner goes through that whole plot for the book and says, you know, this is why, you know, guys, blah, 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 blah. And, and Peng is like, it's just so romantic. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. She's there. Sitting in front of Corey in, in English. English class. We have really smart listeners. We really do. And we're, we have really unsmart hosts. <laughs> <laughs> See, we need you guys. Uh-huh. Without you, we couldn't do this. Right. So. That's love. It's love. So he goes through the whole plot of the book, Cyrano. Um, uh, Corey says that it makes no sense. Like, why would he win this girl? Because in, the, in Cyrano, the guy wins the girl for someone else. So Corey but says, "But it is the girl that he loves." Right. So Corey says, "Why would he run the woman of his dreams into the arm of another man and be okay with that?" And Mr. Turner says, "You know that sometimes that you just have to do what you have to do for the woman that you love." And blah like, blah. He blah. just he just wants her to be happy. Mm-hmm. So if happiness is found in this other person's arms, then that's what Cyrano wants for Roxanne. And 
And Corey says, well, that's stupid. He's a dip. He's a dip. I thought he said dick. (laughs) (laughs) The first time we watched it, I was like, oh my gosh. They said it like three times. He's a big dick. And then we watched it again. (laughs) And then Mr. Turner said something like, uh, and what do you think girls like? And Corey said, they like dips, I guess. And Mr. Turner was like, nope, there's no hope for us. Meanwhile, Topanga is basically explaining why it is romantic and everything. Mm-hmm. And Sean just like, this is so stupid. And she says something about um, half of your life, you're going to be confused. And the other half, you're going to be alone or something. Paying like that. alimony. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, yeah, because Mr. Turner said, uh, can I get a rebuttal from the uh, the estrogen section and points at Topanga? Like- the only, the only girl in the class. <laughs> Um, and she goes through that whole thing and I can't, I can't chew gum while I do the podcast. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. The gum, the gum has been removed. Uh, I thought I could do it just for the breath. Like I'm sitting directly across from my beautiful, beautiful half-wife fiance <laughs> and I didn't want my breath to be in her face. They but... don't understand what half-wife means. No. Well, we said last week that we got half married. So anyway, um, Cor- Sean says this is going to be on the test. And Mr. Mr. Turner says, like, you have no idea. It's definitely, definitely, definitely going to be tested. And he goes on about how men are, men don't understand how women think. Like, we're back to this. Just women are so weird and foreign. Yeah. Which I think, so, I get it. It is important for people to understand each other. And back in the 90s, it is like, Girls need to understand where a boy is coming from and boys need to understand where a girl is coming from because gender roles were the only things that made sense to kids, I guess. Like, you don't understand them because they're a girl, not because they have complex emotions. Like, right. So it it makes sense. It sucks, but it makes sense. You heard it here first. <laughs> so uh, classroom or not, where do we go now? We go to the, the backyard. Kitchen. Oh, are we in the backyard? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we go to the backyard <gasps> because... This is the first time where Mr. Feeney is their neighbor since the first episode of this season. I have wondered, like, why is Mr. Feeney never next door? He hasn't been, like, a neighbor to them for 11 episodes. Maybe he's just been 12 episodes. Maybe he's just no, been... No, he was in the first episode. Oh, yeah, you're right. This is the 13th episode. Good math. Good mm-hmm. math. Maybe he's been inside. Maybe he found a... He has a garden. He found a video game that he likes. Or... He was guarding Alan's gift for Amy. Hmm. We do not know how long Alan That's was hiding true. that gift in that house. So for this entire fall season, he's been guarding it. Uh, yeah, Alan is wheeling in a gift with the help of Mr. Feeney. And mm-hmm. it's a large box mm-hmm. with wrapping paper on it. And they're struggling with it. So you know it's super heavy. Yeah. And and Alan is saying, like, thanks so much for keeping this for me. And he's just like, oh, yeah, anytime you need me to guard your whatever this is. And Alan says, it's a trash compactor. And, and Mr. Feeney says, uh, oh, um, for her, for your anniversary? Yeah. And Alan's like, yeah, she said she wanted a trash compactor, so I got her a trash compactor. And he says... This is literally the van situation all over It again. really is, and I was thinking the same thing. But he says, we could... Uh, you could throw coal in this bad boy and turn it into diamonds. And Mr. Feeney says, that may have been a better option, Mr. Matthews. <laughs> um, and... Uh, he says, no, 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 you can tell that Mr. Feeney is trepidatious about it. And yeah. Alan is like, no, 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 she's going to love it. She's going to love it. You don't understand. She's been asking for this. And he wheels it inside. And the boys come in and they're talking. They're like, oh, is that a gift for mom for your... And they're trying to figure out what it's for. And then they figure out this the anniversary. And then they start to pay him money to get to put their name on the card. Mm-hmm. And then Amy comes down. And he comes down and Alan does the thing he did with the van again. Yeah. Where he's like, like, watch this, guys. Watch this happen. Amy, I did the best thing ever for you. Are you ready for our our date? And are you all dressed up and ready to go? Well, and and she comes down when she comes down the steps. Wearing a weird tuxedo. It's cute. I love it. (laughs) Okay. Um, She comes down and she's like, I'm ready. And 
or I'm ready for dinner. And he's like, and something else or something <laughs> like that. So they're going to have sex again. What's new? And that's good and healthy. But you know what? They might not have sex again because she opens the gift. And she doesn't like it. She's disappointed. She's She goes, oh, thanks. She says something like, a trash compactor is a good gift for a Tuesday or well, something. Be- yeah, because Alan thinks he's so smart and picking up on her subtleties and is like, wait, I, I, I don't think you really like it. But she's being very over right. the top. Right. And yeah, she he says, but you said you wanted a trash compactor, so I got it for you. And she says, well, a, a trash compactor is a great gift for a Tuesday. No, it's not. Especially back in the 90s when they were like a thousand dollars. Yeah. Like, what is wrong with her? <laughs> I don't understand. You know what I want for our anniversary? A dishwasher. Like, mm-hmm. I'm telling you because obviously getting things that you need as a gift is like a bad thing. Hold on. I got to talk to the class real quick. Class, she's not. It's just me and you. Uh... She's saying she wants a dishwasher, but I know that means diamonds because girls want diamonds. So I'm going to get her diamonds and we'll see how that goes. Anyway, come back, Tanya. Welcome back. Oh, thanks. I was Um, just talking to class. So basically, Amy is kind of acting like she would rather have, sorry, Amy is acting like she would rather have diamonds or something. What does a diamond do for your trash? Can you put your trash in a diamond and it gets all compacted and makes her life easier? It doesn't. Maybe a trash compactor would make her life easier. How do you know? The van would make her life easier. You don't she ha- wants a bunch of frivolous things that mean nothing when she could have had two things that make her life easier. You don't have any diamonds. You don't know if it does any. You know why things. I don't want or I don't have diamonds? Why? Because I don't want anything that I can't use like... To be productive. You'd be really good on Naked and Afraid. Like, Except I do not want to be naked ever. <laughs> or afraid. No, but honestly, every time we've watched that, like other than the naked part, I could absolutely do that. Mm-hmm. I don't need stuff. You know stuff the o- you know is the, stupid. You know the only thing that keeps me from doing Naked and Afraid? It's the bug bites. I can't uh, do bug bites. You can't. I'm not a bug bite Well, bugs person. love you. They really do. It's just you get attacked constantly. Yeah. So anyway. Anyway, so Amy is unhappy. On this episode of Naked and Afraid. (laughs) And uh, Corey starts to say something about that they were about to put their name on the card. And like Eric grabs him and is like, this is just from dad. It's only from dad. Come on, Corey. And like up the stairs they go. Uh, But anyway, they still go on their date, I believe. Maybe. Um, I think they did, but they didn't really say that they did. Mm Mm-mm. So anyway, uh, we go to we cut to the hallway. We go back to school, and we don't see the boys. No. We see Joey, Frankie, Harley, and his girlfriend. Well, we see Frankie's sort of sitting like on a bench in the corner, uh huh, looking very like almost forlorn, very yes. thoughtful as he does sometimes. He always looks kind of thoughtful, but not always sad. Um, and Harley is standing there with Gloria who is his girlfriend, and she has, like, a... What is that accent and voice? It's like a kind of, um... Like a Brooklyn Greaser kind of voice. Maybe. I'm not... Like, I get so confused with with that whenever it comes up in any type of media. Like, where did that even come from? The only thing I can think of is, like, 1920s, like, gangster movies. Mm Mm-hmm. Because of the way that the um, sound came through in those movies, women's voices came through with that weird, like, screeching mm-hmm. pitch. So with the Brooklyn accent and stuff like that, it became, like, a tropey sound. Yeah, I think that's all it really is. I don't think it ever came from a time where that's how people really spoke. Right. Maybe, maybe they did, but um, I, don't, I don't recall ever hearing any real people talk in any real recordings like that. Right. It's just something that came about over time and then grease came out and it exploded yeah um so harley is standing there and he's really not paying attention to gloria gloria's like gloria's like hanging on him and asking him like for stuff or like what they're gonna do that night and like basically she's having a one-sided relationship with herself mm-hmm. um 
and they kind of start to argue a little bit and Joey comes and pops his head in. And I think this is the only time we see Joey. Yeah, I think so. But he pops his head in and with his face in between their faces, he is legitimately the spitting image of Tom Holland. (laughs) Okay. He really is. But he sticks his head in between them and is like, guys, you shouldn't be fighting. You do it because you're... Well, I don't remember everything he said. I didn't write it down. You know, you shouldn't be fighting. You should be, uh, you know, whatever. I don't know. What does he say? Something about a love that lasts forever and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. You know, the same old thing. Right. And... um. Then they ask Frankie, like, what's going on? And he's just like, I just have a lot to think about. And uh, something happened. They they kind of go back and forth a little bit. And then you start to hear Corey and Sean talking like the macaroni and cheese today was as greasy or greasier than Harley Kiner's hair. Blah, 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 blah. As they're walking around the corner. As they're walking around the corner. Why would they do that? I don't know. And then... Harley walks over to them and they're like, Harley, uh, and he says, what are you saying about my hair being greasy? You know, what, what makes you think my hair is so greasy? Baboon. Yeah. And Corey says, you know, we were just, no, we weren't talking about you at all. Your hair's practically like dry. It's like the Sahara Desert. And Harley says, yeah, tr- why don't you test that out? And Corey reaches up and touches his hair and he goes, see, dry. And then he reaches his hand out to like lean on the lockers and falls. <laughs> Yeah, it was great. And he goes, I don't remember what he says. He said faulty lockers or something. Yeah, he says something about faulty lockers. And then he was, and then he says, um, in some places, what I said would be a compliment, like grease. Yeah, because Harley is like chasing him down and he says, give your mom a, or here's a quarter, give your mom a call and let her know you're about to be dead. Yeah. And that's when he's like, he says, yeah, in, in some places it would be a compliment, like for instance, grease and harley's like very funny baboon and his well gloria's Gloria's like that was really funny yeah she's laughing and um and Corey basically is like yeah see like she thinks i'm funny and harley's like oh yeah she'll think it's really funny when i put an end to you or something like that and he said yeah i'm uh, you you were always funny i'm really gonna miss that about you yeah um, but then Gloria's like, Harley, please. Please don't kill him. He's cute. He's funny. Right. And Sean comes in and starts like charming her. Yeah. Like hitting on her. Like it's kind of gross, but also very funny. I think I might've written down something. Oh, I can't say that. Why? Well, there's a, <laughs> I wrote it down Is and it then offensive? thought, I wrote it down and then thought, I can't say that on our podcast. So Sean says this line. Where he's like, Harley, why would you waste your time pounding us when you could be spending time with your beautiful girlfriend? But that's not where I thought he was going to go with that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I get it. considering some of the stuff that they do say, <laughs> it yeah. wouldn't have been that far off. I think it would have just slightly crossed the line of anything they've said before. But it would have been very funny. It would have been very funny. And I bet there's an outtake somewhere where they said it. Uh, and then they sent it to, to ABC and they were like, no, no, uh-uh, not on TGIF, not on my watch. I'm Mr. ABC. Yeah. And um, uh, so she says, please don't beat him up. Please don't beat him up. And Harley says, okay, you know what? I'm not going to do it. But Frankie, remember those two, that, th- that pinata I said I'd get you for your birthday? Here's two. Take them away. And so the next thing you know, Frankie has pushed them into the cafeteria. Okay. And um, he's basically just like, all right, you have two options. One is I kill you. Mm-hmm. And two is you have to do me a favor. Well, and Corey is like, definitely, definitely number two. Yeah, definitely definitely two. number two. Yeah. And uh, they say, so, okay, so what's the what's the favor? And he says, well, there's this. Uh, he says, I'm in love. Yeah. I, Frankie, am in love. Frankie Stacchino. Yeah. Am in love, and they're like, they think he's gonna go like with one of you. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, uh, with a with a beautiful lady who's, what does he say? Her her eyes twinkle like bells. No, he's like she has a voice that tinkles like a bell, and her eyes those tinkle like bells too. And he says, so I'm gonna need you to help me woo her. And Sean's like, what? Sean's like, what? What did you say? And Corey goes, I'm not sure we can do that. And he's like, well, 
you need to help me woo her. And Sean's like, what, Sean what are you saying? freaking what? out over the word woo. Yeah. Just freaking out over it. Maybe he's a big Ric Flair fan. Mm, woo! Ew. Or Charlotte Flair. Oh, okay. I don't even know if she was born yet when this episode came out. She was born in 1994. You think? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Maybe. Go ahead. I feel like she's like my sister's age, and my sister was born in 1990. Like, my youngest sister. <laughs> okay. So, anyway. So, anyway. So, so they... Uh, <laughs> so Corey basically is like this is a really really bad idea like if you can't do it yourself like you shouldn't ask us to help you with it it could go really really wrong and then you'll be even more mad at us like he's laying out why it's a bad idea and Frankie's just like okay so then you want to die like right. I don't yeah he says which one of you pinatas has the prize inside um so then they decide, okay, well, they're going to help woo her. Well, and then Sean says, I, I just don't want to die before I know what woo means. <laughs> now do we go to the backyard? No, again? we go to the kitchen. Well, backyard again. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, Amy's making dinner. Yeah, Amy's making dinner and she's all mad and she's like chopping stuff up well, angry. she's like ripping little pieces of lettuce and like putting in the bowl. She's not thinking about dinner. She's thinking about how upset she is. About her trash compactor. Yeah. So Alan comes in and, and he's like, hey. the trash compactor. Yeah. Her husband's also a trash compactor. She's <sighs> very mad at him. She's very, very mad at him for buying her a $1,000 gift. And he's um, trying to act like nothing ever happened. He's just like, hey, I know my love. You know, you're the love of my life. And blah, blah, blah. He like bounces down the steps really happy and he's like well i just did homework with morgan and i cleaned the gutters and we did morgan's room and he's just like saying all this stuff he's like oh i should take the trash well, out he says can i help you with dinner and he like he puts his hand out and then she chops right next to his hand real hard that was a very very scary thing for her to do what if she slipped what if she actually chopped his hand off or what if he went to like reach out and stop her and then boom yeah a little bit of anger goes a long way in a tragedy. And then she tells the police, well, he got me a trash compactor for our anniversary, so I sliced his finger off. Yeah, and then she goes to jail, and they're all without a parent. Well, they still have Alan. They're he, all without a parent. he can't do anything for them anymore because he's missing a <laughs> finger. Yeah. Tie your own damn shoes, kids. Your mom cut my finger off. <laughs> Anyways, so then he goes and gets the trash. Right, he grabs the trash. And he's... takes it out the back door. And Mr. Feeney's like, uh, that looks like a very fluffy, uncompacted <laughs> bag of trash. Also, he didn't tie the bag shut. He was just trying to get the hell out of there. He didn't tie the bag he shut. He almost got his finger cut he off. He still didn't tie the bag shut. He was just going to like throw the untied bag in the garbage. Okay, so wait a second. You're You're angry with Amy and Alan now? Yes. Okay. Well, I just... It's been just a long tie, four days, guys. Tie the bag. <laughs> Um, but I don't even does he even throw it away or does he sit down with the bag of trash to he sat down with bag the bag of trash to talk to Mr. Feeney he sat down with the bag of trash mm -hmm. and Mr. Feeney's there and they like sit and they have a conversation and Mr. Feeney gives a very like Wilson from Home Improvement style speech mm -hmm. where he's just like ah the, the the highway of life and you know he kind of implies that he was married before yeah he does I think that's come up his wife died oh, okay um, but but he also his accent has reached new heights. It has. Because he does not say her. He says her. Yeah. Over and over and over again. And when we He's started like, this podcast, you thought I was crazy for saying he had an accent. No, I knew he had an accent, but it wasn't like an accent accent. All of a sudden, like he's saying words normally. Mm -hmm. He's like, um, you need to make her feel good. <laughs> you didn't think about her. Like what? was that uh you do it no do your mr Feeney voice so and say hateful today um so but so anyway here's the thing he he while we were watching this i was thinking god that's like something straight out of home improvement yes like this was it was less mr feeney because mr feeney's always been there to give guidance mm -hmm. but it was very much more of that like I'm going to mold you, sir. But the and, whole and help you scenario, with the entire scenario was very home improvement. It was. And you know what? 
Susan Estelle Jansen, as I was looking her up before this episode, wrote a bunch of Home Improvement episodes, oh, too. Oh, that makes so it's much sense. almost like this was written for Home Improvement, and she was like, ah, shit, I gotta... I was, forgot to write for Boy Meets World this week. That was supposed to be Boy Meets World? Hold on, let me just scratch, 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 ha, and then <laughs> this is now Boy Meets World episode. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um... It wasn't a bad episode, but it wasn't no. a great episode, and it was very home improvement. I'm glad you to me. said that. What? <laughs> <laughs> because it's true. Um, it, but it was so home improvement. It was so home improvement. Uh, the kids' stuff is not home improvement, but the I think it was. I, do you? I yeah. don't feel like the kids ever got into like thinking times in home improvement. I think the scenario though was very home improvement, and maybe once it fleshed out, they turned it into Moy Boy meets Moy. Yeah. Boy, boy meets world. Alden's but, accent has reached like a heights. whole new level. But, it, but the boy meet the boy meets world part. Yeah, the boy meets world part where they're learning through the book mm-hmm. was again very wishbone. Yes. So maybe I should see if she wrote any wishbone. Oh, that's a very good idea. What's the story, Matthews? Um, I mean, I get it. Like they're in English class, so like they have to sort of parallel it with some type of literature right and that's what boy meets world does mm-hmm. and always has and right. i believe always will yes anyway so they're out talking um amy i mean alan says that he took a wrong turn down the the highway of life and mr finney says ah the 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 highway of life is littered with ill-intentioned men who thought that they were doing the right thing and mm, trying to back up but alas, there's only forward on the highway of life. Huh. Huh. So anyway, he basically says, Alan, you're an idiot. You didn't think about her. You thought huh. you didn't put any thought into um, like what she would want. That would be a sentimental thing that would remind her of like love and you and the kids and like something that would make an anniversary a special thing. You were just like, oh, she said she wanted a trash compactor, so that's what I'm going to get her. Which, again, she said she wanted a trash compactor. Right. This would be a different conversation if she never said she wanted a trash compactor. Like, if there was something that I wanted to do to get for the house and you didn't think it was important and I bought it, you might be a little upset if I bought it as a gift to you. Yeah. Maybe they just don't talk a lot. I don't know. They seem to be around each other a lot. They're usually very good together until Adam mm-hmm. Al- Alan buys her a gift, and then they're it's and then World Amy is just completely ungrateful. Yeah. So anyway, while this is all happening in the living room, in walks Frankie, Frankie. Stacchino. 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 Sticky note. <laughs> <laughs> and Sean and Corey are there, and Eric comes down the steps and he's just like, "Wah!" Mm-hmm. And he's like, what are you doing in my house? And Frankie points at him and he's like, Eric, right? I stole your lunch every in ni- day, every in, ninth day in ninth grade. And Eric goes, yeah, you did. And he says, tuna on white, right? And he said, no, it was on wheat. And he goes, ah, uh, those were days, huh? <laughs> and Eric's like, what is happening? And Corey and Sean are like, we have this under control. Don't even worry about it. It's perfectly fine. He's like, the enforcer is standing right beside me. Something is not right. And they're like, no, seriously, it's okay. So Eric turns to go back up the steps. And Frankie's like, good to see you again, Tuna. <laughs> yeah. I, it hit me that even though Sean and Corey are in a constant sort of like back and forth with Harley, with Frankie, with Joey, it is be- it. They are having a better time in high school in seventh grade. They are dealing with the bullies in a more graceful way than obviously Eric was dealing with them in ninth grade Mm because he couldn't keep his lunch every day. Yeah. So they're doing great. I'm so proud of them. Right. So Eric walks away and Sean and Corey start going over the basics with Frankie. And Sean says, you just... You got to tell her what you think. Like, you just need to walk up to her and tell her what you think. And Frankie's just like, I don't think so. So Corey puts a pillow in front of his face. And they're like, okay, Corey is going to be the girl you like. You're going to tell her exactly how you feel. And he just, like, stands there staring at this pillow-faced Corey. 
And so Sean starts feeding him lines like, you look very beautiful today. And then Frankie's like, you look very beautiful today. And um, Corey's like, oh, thank you. And Sean's like, I really love that dress you're wearing. And so Frankie's like, I really love that dress you're wearing. And Corey goes, oh, this old thing. (laughs) So it's going pretty well. And they're like, so you just do that with her. And he's like, I can't. Like, you have to be with me. Yeah. And Sean goes, what are we going to do? Be in your locker while you talk to her? Flip the scene. Cut. And they're in the locker. They're in the locker that used to be Sean's. That used to be Sean's, used to be Joey's, and I guess now it's Frankie's. Yep. And they Maybe they do locker trades. They never got rid of those half lockers. No. So. So, um... They're in the locker, and Frankie is outside of the locker, and Gloria comes by. Mm-hmm. And the boys he, can't see who Frankie's talking to. Right. They do not know that this is Gloria at all. Um, Gloria comes by Wait, and basically asks... Real quick? Yeah? How early did you realize that it was going to be Gloria? I knew it immediately. Yeah, it was obvious. Anyway. Um. So, I think that's why I didn't like... It just... I assume you, as a listener knew that it was Gloria as I well. think we weren't supposed to know, but we, oh, we knew. It was, it was so obvious to me. Yeah. But, um, so Gloria comes by and is just like, hey, have you seen Harley? And he's like, uh, no. And like, he, it's obvious he's going to choke and not be able to say anything. So Sean starts feeding him lines through the locker. I think he says, this is hard for me to say. And Frankie goes, this is hard for me today. <laughs> and then he's like, I've been thinking about this for a really long time. And he says, did you write this down? He says, oh, I've been thinking about this f- for so long. And Frankie goes, I've been thinking about this so long. <laughs> <laughs> but Sean is being so loud and Frankie can hear, and Gloria's about three inches yeah, from Frankie. Yeah, this is not plausible and she at can't all. hear Sean at all. Well, like, so in Cyrano... Yes. The Cyrano de Bergerac is behind, like, a bush mm-hmm. that Roxanne, and I can't remember what the other guy's name is. Um, um, Sting. Yes. Uh, Sting is singing to Roxanne, trying to get her out of... You don't have to turn off a life that maybe she chose, you know, maybe it's fine because she chose it and that's what she wants to do with her life. But did you see that Sting just came in and sang a song? I love you, Sting. He's gone. He left. Oh, I'm so sad. Anyway, it's a bush like there's Cyrano and then I think a bush and then the two people, a bush. And they couldn't like they acted like this whole book, this whole story is written around the fact that he was like behind a bush. At least I think it was a bush. That's what I picture when I think about it. I'm probably wrong. You didn't have to copy the story the whole way, Wishbone. Uh, so uh, that's she says something about we can't do this, and Frankie gets super poetic with her. Like he stops listening to Sean. He's just like, no, I, I, I just he I can't he says deal so with the way that Harley treats you. And, well, Sean ends one of the things that he says with "I love you," and. Frankie absolutely is just like, I love you. And Gloria's like, you do? Mm-hmm. And he was like, I've loved you for so long. You're so important to me. And like, starts saying like really, really sweet things. And she's just like, Harley has never said anything that makes me feel like this ever. And they start to walk away. And Corey goes, Sean, I just realized who this is. This is not good. That was Harley Kiner's girlfriend. And Sean's like, there's no way. So they get out of the locker they open it from inside i guess or whatever i think that they just didn't have it closed they didn't have it latched maybe maybe you're right because it has happened so many times where someone's gotten stuck in the locker right that they were like no we've learned our lesson we this is not how we live our life yeah and frankie wasn't doing it as a punishment he needed them to be there so like they figured it out it was fine it wasn't latched all the way they they were able to get out of the locker and they opened the door and who's there Gloria and Frankie. And they're walking. They're they're like all the way at the end of the hallway. And Sean goes, La! And Frankie looks over at him and then looks at Gloria and goes, La! <laughs> <laughs> um, so then um, Harley comes up to Corey and Sean. They're still in the hallway, right? Yeah, they're still in the hallway. And, and 
I think literally the commercial break happened and it comes back and they're I, still in the hallway. That's what I think that's what confused me is that there was a commercial break. Yeah. Um. And well, they're, and they're talking about like how they're going to get away with this, get away from this. And Sean says we could just, you know, change our names, dress up like girls and come back and pretend like we're our cousins. And we don't know what happened to the original us. And Corey's like, that would never work. And Sean's like, yeah, tell that to my Uncle Mary. Yeah. So Harley comes up and he's like, hey, do you see... Uh, uh, does he, he ask for Frankie or he asks he for, Gloria? for Gloria? Have you seen my girlfriend? Yeah, have you seen Gloria? And um, they're like, no, 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 we haven't seen her at all. And he says something like, you know, I just don't know what could have happened to her, where she went. Um, you guys have any idea? And Sean goes, no, we were in the lockers the whole time. And he goes, the whole time what? And then drags them. Yeah. Um, drag them. Where does where does he drag them to? Chubbies. Yep. Um, and this is where you really, this is where you really get the um, full amount of the fact that Frankie and Harley speak in a like an old English way. They both do, and like they both do, and you don't realize how much until they have a lot of dialogue together. And Harley is uh, like supposed to be the dumb bully who's failed high school probably he, for twenty years because he's as old as Amy, by the way. Um, he has the perfect grammar like the yeah. most perfect grammar and so does frankie and they both speak it's like they go between old english slang regular like just like regular everyday whatever but with that weird 1920s gangster diction yeah yeah and like to to spoil a little bit but not really but later on harley says alas it appears i've lost my favorite flunky yeah, like, <laughs> but he, like, it's, it's bananas to me only because we've watched them so much and we know that Frankie does poetry and we know that um, Harley's been in school for forever. So it would kind of make more sense that they would have Frankie talk that way. But I genuinely didn't even notice until this episode and they weren't talking differently than they normally no I've, i think i've noticed i don't think i noticed when i was a kid though like it just seemed like i guess that's bully speak huh yeah <laughs> um when i got beat up none of the guys talked like that ever <laughs> so anyway they walk up to the uh to the couple at chubby's frankie and gloria and gloria and frankie are sitting across from each other like holding hands and he, frankie's having trouble talking again but gloria has gotten to the point where she can sort of like talk him through it and she's she's like it's okay you don't have to say anything you're like um she, she said something about still waters still and, waters run deep and he says still waters run deep but i'm an ocean of love for you yeah. And but as he's saying, like um, Gloria is saying, like Harley has never expressed anything like this to me, blah, blah, blah. And it's a really sweet moment. And then it pans out and Harley and Corey and Sean are standing at the bottom of the steps that Chubby's just watching. And Harley's telling Corey, my world is shattered. I'm vulnerable. And I just want to kill someone. And everybody out. Everybody? Everybody, everybody out. Everybody and out. He kicks everybody out. And... um. Corey and Sean are like, us too, right? And he like grabs them. Uh, and they walk over there. And Frankie says, Harley, I can explain. And Harley's like, well, I hope you have a really good explanation for this. And he like looks all like serious at Harley, like he's going to come up with something mm -hmm. important to say. And he just says... He just goes, I went behind your back and stole your girl. Yeah. I don't know what I wrote well, here. Well, so then Harley is like, Gloria, how could you do this to me? And she was like, Frankie's giving me everything that you have never been able to give me. And he's like, I gave you stuff. And she's like, yeah, like what? And he was like, what about those tires? And she was like, you gave me three. And and uh, he was like, the guy came back. Mm -hmm. So he was stealing tires for her. And Frankie says like he's just a pawn of love in this. And um. So as they're screaming at each other, Corey like jumps in the middle. He's like, guys, 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 you're going to be okay. That's just, this happens. My parents have been married for 14 years or whatever. 17. 17 years. And they're going through the same thing right now. And Harley says, why? And he says, because he bought her a, a, a trash, compactor. trash compactor for their anniversary. And he goes, that dunce. And uh, Gloria says, it's better than Taya's. Uh-huh. And you're, you're on a roll. I'm just, am I? Yeah. So, and then Harley says that 
well, well, you know, are they going to break up? And Corey says, no, they're going to work it out. They always do. And he goes, okay, I'll be back. And he leaves. Yeah. Um, he doesn't say where he's going, but then we cut to the kitchen. And Harley shows up at their house. Just walks up to the back door of the house. Walks up to the back door. And Amy, who's in the kitchen, she's wearing the best outfit ever. It's like a maroon top and maroon pants. It could be a romper, but I have a feeling based on the time period, it was two pieces and then like a big belt. Um, (laughs) But she kindly opens the door and she's like, hi, who are you? And he's like, I'm a... I'm a chum of your sons. I'm a school chum of your sons. And she's just like, Eric's? And he was like, no, the little scrawny one. And and um, she says, Corey? He's like, yeah, that's the one. He comes in and he looks like he could be Amy's older brother. Yeah. <laughs> like older brother. Yeah. So it wasn't alarming to her that he was... The little scrawny child's friend from school, I would be alarmed. I'd be like, what do you want with my son? Yeah. Can you imagine if like one of the dads we met at the party yesterday came over to us and he was just like, I oh, yeah. go- I'm in I'm in Caden's class. <laughs> Caden's my best friend. He's giving me relationship advice. <laughs> so Harley starts saying like, Corey said that you and your husband are having some marital issues and they are similar to the ones that I'm having with my girlfriend right now. And I just (laughs) wanted to talk to you about them. And he says, uh, she says, why would you, why would you come to me? I'm sure you have somebody else to talk to. And he goes, it's four in the afternoon. My mother's out cold. And there's like a laugh track that plays, but we learned from our previous episode that his mom's a substance addict. Yeah. Um, Eric freaks out. He, oh, yeah. So, he walks in the back door. So um, at some point, Amy and Harley are sitting at the table drinking tea. And Eric comes in the back door, but doesn't come in the back door. He sees through the back door that Harley's there. And he, like, bursts in and goes after Harley. He's like, you leave my mom alone. And Amy's just like, um, Eric, stop. Like, he's here for advice. It's perfectly fine. And he's like, do you know who this is? And she's like, yeah, this is, it's Harley. And she's like, do you need more tea, Harley? And he's like, just a smidge. And Eric is... uh. Eric's like, what are you even doing here? And Amy was just like, so he has some things that he wants to talk about, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't want you here for it. And she like shuffles him out Up uh, upstairs. The steps, that's right. And he's like, um, getting in touch with your inner thug, and like laughs it off as he has his mom as a barrier between him and like the 80 year old bully from school. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, so Harley, Harley gets advice. And they're talking about it. And Alan comes in and, like, cuts them off and is like, well, and that's why you should always listen to what your girlfriend wants or your wife wants. And then he goes to, like... He says that women just want to be appreciated and walks behind her. Walks behind her, wraps his arms around her, and is definitely laying claim to his wife because there is someone older than him in there trying to woo her. Yeah. Because there's an old-ass man. And he's like, okay, so... He says, thank you, Miss Matthews. You know, I learned a valuable lesson. I need to... Um, I need to, to let love, whatever. He basically says, like, if I love her, then I want her to be happy. And um, they're Alan, like, oh, well, are you going to go talk to Gloria now? And he's like, no, I'm not. Yeah. And Alan throughout this is like, but wait but a second, who, are, who you? are you? And uh, Harley says, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go get her back. You know, it, it seems as though she has made a choice and her choice has been Frankie. And uh, it, it seems that I must let love lie and I will return. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I think I wrote this down. Oh, no, I didn't. Never mind. Says I wrote something about, thing down. Says something about I need to let the page of love turn. And uh, when it's my turn again, I will step up and try to win her over. Yeah. And Alan says again, like, but seriously, who are you? And Corey, like, bursts in the door and is like, Harley, Kiner. And Alan's like, thank you. Corey says, don't kill him. Don't kill him. He's like, take me. Don't take my parents. And Harley goes, not today. Uh, Today, baboon, death takes a holiday. Yeah, he's like, it's okay, baboon. Death takes a holiday. Um, And he goes, okay, I'll be on my way. And Alan goes, seriously, who are you? Well, no. Oh, that already happened. But he has the teacup. That's right. He's carrying the teacup out. And he's like, good eye. (laughs) Yeah, Alan says, hey, Harley, teacup. And he's like, hmm. Good eyes. Yep. 
So Alan walks over to Amy now and says, he like, first he shoves Corey out of the way because Corey's like talking to Amy like, what were you doing with Harley? Yeah. And Alan like grabs Corey by the chest and pushes him back. And I don't think that was supposed to be obvious, but to me it looked like he was just like, get the fuck out of here. Again, it was very home improvement. It was. Huh? Yeah. And he opens up, or no, he pulls out a a, a box. box. Out of his pocket, and he says, I've learned my lesson that I should yeah, listen to your emotions and figure out what you want. And he opens it, and it's a string of pearls, yes. a string of 18 pearls, yeah, one for every year that they've been married, even though they've said twice now that it was 17 years. She's like, Alan, we've been married for 17 years. And he says, well, then one extra for the year before we were married. And she goes, that was a good year. <laughs> and Corey goes, what does that mean? And then they start making out, and he's like, get a room, but then sits at the kitchen table yeah. right beside them. Uh, um, so now we have a commercial break, and then we go to the end credit scene, which is in the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. Mr. Turner comes into the cafeteria and is like, Mr. Matthews, I read your report on Cyrano, and I was like, really impressed. Mm-hmm. And Corey's like, well, that's because I am Cyrano. And Mr. Turner says... What do you mean? He was like, you see them over there? And it's Frankie and Gloria just like, you know, like whispering sweet nothings in each other's ear and playing footsie at a table. And Corey and, says, I helped Frankie woo her. And- yeah, in a locker. Uh, No, no, Corey, you didn't. <laughs> Guess who did? Sean, you said nothing, Corey. You did no wooing. Sean did all of it. Wow. Just Fair. saying, credit where credit is due. <laughs> because he tries to get extra credit, credit for it. Credit where credit is woo. <laughs> <laughs> Tanya died. She fell. She... Uh, uh, so, uh, Mr. Turner says, "Yeah, well, you know, what else did you learn from the book? We, like the book report wasn't enough, right?" And Corey says, "Well, I learned that you can't just you need to listen to women's emotions, and you can't get them things like tires and appliances." And Mr. Turner says, that's surprisingly in-depth and very mature, Mr. Matthews. I'm very impressed. And Sean runs in and goes, Corey, Corey, come here, come here, come here. The girls' volleyball team is running laps. And Corey's like, yowza, and runs out the door. And Mr. Turner's left just shaking his head. Did you like watching volleyball girls run laps? I don't think so. But I don't think they did either. Okay. I'm surprised that Corey ran for that. I get that Sean would. Yeah. But I don't yeah, know. I don't feel like Corey would. I feel like if there was a girl on the team that I liked, mm. I probably watched because I was like, you know, I want, I want to be there to see her All or get her attention. Yeah, wherever she is. Yeah. So yeah. I could woo her. So you could woo her. I wooed the hell out of her. Did you woo me? Yeah. I wooed the hell out of you, right? I guess so. Yeah. I'm here. Yeah. Anyway. So, how did you feel about this episode, Alden? I don't know. It was kind of home improvement It was home improvement w- And I think we've had a couple of, of negative episodes, and that makes it a little bit difficult, because well, I don't want to be like, bleh. Well, no, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a bad episode, but here we are doing a podcast where we, we go through a lot of episodes that are very in-depth and emotional and impactful, and things that we want our kids to watch so that they mm-hmm. can learn and grow from them. There was not a whole lot to pull out of this one. There wasn't a lot of character growth or... Right. Um, emotional growth, but there was, I mean, the, the letting really the, the, the best emotional growth of this episode was Harley Kiner realizing, well, I love her, but she doesn't want me right now. Mm -hmm. So I need to back off and let her have what she wants. Like that's a very mature and insightful. He's 45. Sure. He's 45. He's insightful. I know 45 year olds that absolutely can't do that. I agree. I know lots and lots of people. In fact, I know most people, or most people that I know, would not be able to handle letting someone they love be with someone else that they love. I think, though, you also have to question, like, is it love or infatuation? If you are not, if you are not thinking about what makes them happy, then I don't think it is love. I think that it is a person that they are infatuated with or obsessed with, but when you love someone, you want them to be happy at any cost. And, um, that is the lesson. Like, I think, I think you can love someone and still not be able to handle them being with someone else. I just, 
think that that means more where internally you need to grow up like you yeah that's a selfish thought and that's where you can't process that that has nothing to do with whether it's love or not I think you can love them and still be immature enough that you can't handle your love maybe but that could just be infatuation too right but yeah there's not a lot to say about this one other than the fact that one Corey did zero wooing um and i didn't feel like a- <laughs> i didn't feel like amy and alan's arc actually paralleled the other arc at all which was weird to me like to me it was two completely different things i don't think it needs to parallel the other arc but i think it seemed like it was supposed to in this episode and it right. didn't it was just, it almost seemed hastily put together. Hey, kind of like a home improvement episode. Yes, exactly like a home improvement episode. And I had all of these thoughts, by the way, long before realizing that she wrote for home improvement. Yeah, so did I. I mean, I didn't find out until you said it on this podcast. And right. that was exactly what I was thinking was just like, first, the trash compactor. That's a Tim thing to buy for Jill. Right. Jill getting mad about it. That's a Jill thing. Like, that's well, not... I mean, Amy got mad about the van, too, but that seems a little bit more plausible than this happening again and it being an appliance. Well, like, and I, I looked this up after we took our notes, and in my notes, I wrote Mr. Feeney uh, has a very Wilson conversation with Alan. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, I actually... I don't remember who wrote the episode with the van, but I wonder if Susan Estelle Jansen had anything to do with it. Maybe. Anyway, um, anything else you'd like to add? Not really. I um, love that we got lots of Harley and Frankie. Like, mm-hmm. that was wonderful. I like being able to figure out, like, I don't know, like, what's going on in their heads. And I like that they're so likable. And I like that even though they are people that everyone is afraid of, we have yet to see them actually beat anybody up. I don't think that they are actually violent people. You think they've just mm-hmm. created this persona that mm-hmm. people believe has actually happened? Yeah. I don't think that they have ever beaten anyone up. Hmm. Because okay. Eric's like, Eric doesn't say, like, you beat me up and took my lunch every day of ninth grade. He just took his lunch. Like, mm-hmm. they're afraid enough that they're just handing the stuff off. They don't have to do any real work. Mm-hmm. They're actors. Like, they speak old English. <laughs> do you think maybe they were hired? Maybe uh, Harley Kiner is on the school's payroll as a teacher. <laughs> just yeah. His, his lesson in life is to teach kids how to handle bullies. Yeah, exactly. And Corey is kicking ass. He is. I... They handle they handle the bullies so well. Mm-hmm. Like they're basically their friends. They are, and they they really just treat them like humans, even though they're bullies who are threatening to beat them up. They're like, hey, you know, we can help you with the girl. Yeah, I think that the most um, the most that we've ever seen of that is when Corey, instead of being like, oh, you know, you guys shouldn't fight because he's afraid, is he goes, oh, hey, so my parents are dealing with this right now, like. And they've been together for 17 years. This is a normal thing. Mm-hmm. It's normal to feel this way about each other. So I'm still like, I still have trouble learning that. Like right. an argument doesn't mean imminent departure for one of us. Right. But it could. Hey, <laughs> don't do that. I'm vulnerable right now. You feel like you could kill somebody? I could kill somebody. Everybody out of the room. There's nobody in our room. <laughs> Also, I could never kill anyone, and if anybody close to me dies, I did not do it. <laughs> I'm saying that because you made it sound like I would be capable of now killing Now it someone. sounds like you killed somebody close to you. I've never killed anybody, and I couldn't kill anybody. I don't know anymore. You better watch your back. Just kidding. If Alden dies, I did not do it. Sounds like you did it. <laughs> this is a postmortem. Boy meets girl meets boy meets world. Uh, thank you for joining us. Oh, wait, real quick. Facebook group, join it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really fun. Um, there's been some posting. It's fun to post in. Yeah, and it's small right now. I think that has a lot of room for growth. Yeah. Yeah, anything small has room for growth, Tanya. I don't know. Sometimes things like to stay small. And <laughs> hey, this is why I'm dead. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you guys for joining us. Follow us on Twitter at BMG and BMW. Email us BMG and BMW at gmail.com. 
Um, rate and review us on iTunes. Mm-hmm. And Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. It's now, not that's iTunes right. anymore. It's Apple Podcasts. You're so hip to the podcast scene. I'm just hip to everything. Mm-hmm. So thank you for joining us. This has been Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 2, Episode 13. Class dismissed.